Hello, everybody. I'm Matt Mikuchi, and you are listening to the Jazzy's podcast. Everybody, Jazz is online editor Matt Mikuchi here, welcoming you to a new episode of our podcast series of conversations with some of the most amazing artists on the jazz and creative music scene today. A series that we simply like to call the Jazz is Podcast, and is brought to you in conjunction with Jazz is Vinyl Club, a series of vinyl compilations carefully curated by the Jazz is editors, and that is an absolute must for lovers of jazz and vinyl alike. Our guest today is Michael Varvarakis. Having spent much of his professional career performing as part of the acoustic guitar duo Four Hands, Varvarakis recently reinvented himself as a solo guitarist, including on his two latest albums, Songs for My Blue Guitar and Wonderland. In his recent piece on the artist for Jazz's magazine, Michael Roberts defined him as a performer who takes pride in his eclecticism. We ask him about what he thinks about this statement and more in our latest episode of the Jazz's podcast. So fire up an audio teeny and listen to the audio waves as they fly through the air. Here is our conversation with Michael Varvarakis. Hi, Michael. Welcome to the Jazz Is Podcast. Oh, thank you very much for having me. It's it's really an honor. You you just have great podcasts, and I I like listening to them. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Well, it's a great pleasure to have you. And uh, you know, if you listen to some of the previous podcasts, I usually like to start off with this uh, this uh, question as a bit of an icebreaker. I, I usually like to ask artists I speak with to share us. With us, an early musical memory where, when you think back to it, maybe you think that that's kind of where it all started. Was there a moment like that for you that you'd like to share with us? Yeah, you know, I have a I have a couple of them, um, and I've carried them with me throughout my life. But I I, I remember being in elementary school, and we you know we had a music uh, class once a week, and uh, I remember they showed us this video of composers great composers and I was watching it and I thought oh that's what I am that's what I do I'm a composer and then I think a year or so later my my mom found this old piano and she refinished it and brought it home and she was going to have my sister take piano lessons and I think I was six or seven and I said I I want piano lessons too (laughs) I want to do this and and so I I, I've always felt like this is such a huge part of who I am being a musician and making music it's not even really making music it's just me being me and it's very strange but yeah I've, I've i've always felt like this is who i am and this is what i need to do well actually this is something that i wanted to ask you and you kind of mentioned it in your first uh, in your first answer but is it true you first started on the piano before switching to the guitar i did yeah um i played i had piano lessons from about age seven till about age 12 uh, once a week and I loved it. It was so natural and just made so much sense. And, uh, and I still consider myself more so 
like I'm a piano player and I, and I often think, why didn't I just stay with piano? I, why did I pick guitar? But when I was about 12 or 13, my, my cousin, he had a, a stereo system back then with a power amp and records and he played some Van Halen and I thought, okay, I'm going to play guitar. That's what I want to do, play guitar. And then from then I just started playing guitar. Oh, so Van Halen was one of the reasons why. <laughs> yeah, the reason, I think. Yeah, that was like, oh. that was it, man. It was, yeah, that was a whole deal for me. <laughs> Interesting. But do you feel like uh, having that piano background, you know, just at the very beginning, uh, helped you look at the guitar in perhaps a different and unique way? Yeah, absolutely. I, I think all or many great musicians, no matter what instrument they play, they all can play a little piano. And um, I find that it has really... Um, kind of informed my guitar playing like when I explain what I do on the instrument to people I say I'm a musician and I have this musical instrument and I write music with this musical instrument it just so happens that it's a guitar versus I write guitar music because I don't write guitar music I write music and the reason I and a lot of the ways I play I find myself looking at it and being like well you know this is kind of like a little Chopin piece here this little section so definitely the way I play guitar is influenced by learning the piano and, and having that be such a deep part of who I am. Right. And, you know, earlier you also mentioned that composition was something that particularly drew you to music in the first place. So when I when I talk with, uh, you know, composers, they do uh, point to the fact that they have a little bit of a p- knowledge in piano as as helping them uh, when they're kind of coming up with their own works, their co- their own compositions. Uh, do you feel that that's the same way for you? Yeah, you know, the, the, the piano and the guitar are very similar, right? They're both polyphonic. You can do more than one thing at a time. You can play a melody and you can play chords underneath. And, um, you know, you can use two hands. And some guys do tap-ons and things like that. But um, it kind of helps you visualize or understand how music works when you look at a sheet of music, right? And you see the grand staff and the treble clef and the bass clef, you know, versus just looking at a, a melody line. So I, I would I would suggest anybody who wants to learn how to write music, start playing piano, learn how to play piano as well. And is that the case also with your uh, albums of solo guitar work? Because, you know, you wouldn't immediately think so, but, uh, you, you know, maybe maybe some of what you just said kind of comes into play when you talk about, you know, albums like uh, Wonderland, for example, which is your latest, your latest album. Wonderland uh, kind of sprung from my desire to play minimally and to just capture whatever I was kind of feeling in the moment when I recorded those songs. Um, in the past, I would go in and record an album and I think, okay, you got to nail it. You got to play every part perfectly and you're going to play it from point A to point B exactly this way. That's hard to do, you know, and, and there are some days when you're trying to play a piece of music and it doesn't want to go the way you want it to go. So I said, the heck with that. I'm just going to play kind of loosey goosey and whatever I feel this day, I'm going to play and whatever I capture, I capture. And, uh, that's been tremendously freeing for me. And, because, you know, it's, it's one thing to, to make music a hobby and to play when you feel like you're in the mood. It's another thing to, you know, get up on stage in front of a bunch of people and say, okay, you got to play for the next two hours. Have at it, you know? <laughs> and so right. if I can, if I can play what I'm actually enjoying in the moment, then I'm having a wonderful experience. So yes. uh, that was kind of what, what led me to that. I, you know, I was thinking as well, you know, because we've kind of come out of such a, such a, 
odd, strange, but also traumatic and tragic to some extent times, the times of the pandemic when, uh, you know, a lot of musicians were obviously impacted by it. They couldn't be, do a lot of uh, playing on the road or traveling. Uh, was uh, working on this album and also songs for my blue guitar. Uh, was this a way for you to kind of escape all that? And uh, did you find that you finally had time to work on these, on this particular type of albums? It's definitely uh, nice to have time to just compose. And I, I kind of got lucky with the, with the whole pandemic thing. I was looking for gigs, looking for gigs. And then finally the pandemic struck and everybody shut down. I mean, literally two years here in, in Detroit, you couldn't find a gig. And so I just focused on playing and studying again. And I got out my, my old books from uh, Wayne State University where I went to the music program and I kind of refresh my memory on a lot of things and it was really a joy to just be at home and study and write music and um so it worked out well for me <laughs> but you know i i want a gig i that that's my thing i love gigging i love performing I, i've been doing it since uh, 1991 and um yeah well let's not forget that's that's also around the time uh that uh y- you know you you really worked with four hands right the acoustic guitar duo uh, let's let's talk a little bit about that because that's that's a that's another that obviously that was a landmark moment in your in your career and it was uh, was a huge part of your was that did that uh duo did this project help you uh, develop your voice on the guitar also because we talked about earlier influences but uh do you feel like this was also an important moment in your career because you know, it helped you experiment with music in, in unique ways. Yeah, working in a duo, and especially that that duo, you know, whatever project you're working on, that kind of leads you to what you're going to play and how you're going to relate to the other musicians, right? You because it's a because it's a you know it's a democracy, it's a band, and and with the duo, I was really the one that was writing all the music and um, kind of the train that kept chugging along and coming up with new albums year after year. And I, and I found a way. And, and also I, I only played acoustic guitar in, in four hands. And so my experience as a musician has always been acoustic guitarist. I've recorded about uh, over a dozen, maybe 13, 14 albums of acoustic guitar music. And Jeff and I, Jeff Hartshorn, he's uh he was the other member of four hands. He, um, he, he also played acoustic guitar. And so, I've always wanted to switch to electric guitar and I finally had the chance now that the pandemic came and four hands was kind of over, but, um, four hands was, was huge for me because I learned how to be a performer and how to be a professional, you know, even from loading in gear every night and playing and then leaving and being professional and making, making it a good night for everyone. Um, it, it was, it was invaluable. And that was really my goal back then was to just learn how to be a professional musician and be part of the Detroit music scene because that, that was hugely important to me. So it, it really sculpted everything for me. All my memories, all my great experiences were, are four hands. And um, it's kind of new for me to go out on my own. I did it a little bit and I dabbled in it over the years playing solo and I actually started solo for a few months, but... Really, my all my experiences are four hands and, you know, recording and performing, all that.
The track you are listening to is from Wonderland, the latest album by Michael Varvarakis, available now. The album's title conveys the joy of discovery that can be heard on the music itself. And if you love jazz and vinyl, be sure to check out Jazz's Vinyl Club, a new series of vinyl compilations carefully curated by the Jazz's editors and featuring some of the most exciting jazz artists from yesterday and today that we cover in the print version of Jazz's, Jazz's.com and these Jazz's podcasts. Go to Jazz's.com and click on Join Vinyl Club. And now for the second part of our conversation with Michael Varvarakis. the same lines you know uh talking about you you know switching to more prominently experimenting with electric guitars and also working as a solo artist how did that open up your uh your your music did how how did that offer you more opportunities to explore what you kind of were interested in exploring it's funny like i always had an electric guitar of course i started when i was 16 with electric but i abandoned it as soon as four hands started when i was 18 but I always had an electric and I, every once in a while, every month or a couple months, I'd play it and, uh, I couldn't figure out quite what to do. And, uh, and then after a certain point of playing, I would have a few moments where I'm like, Oh my God, I love this. The rhythm, the, the melody, the te- it, all by myself. And, and I always thought this is my best playing. I have to do this, but I was in four hands and all my energies went to four hands. So this is really. 25 years in the making of me playing solo electric guitar. I finally had the opportunity. My, my partner, like I said, Jeff Hartz, when he kind of retired from music about three, four years ago. And I thought, this is the time. Let me play electric guitar. And so I bought a bunch of guitars, bought a couple amps and finally found the sound I was looking for. And, and so it, it it's really kind of a, a, a long, long dream that I've had to play solo electric guitar and yeah and uh, you know michael roberts has a great piece on your music and and you on our winter uh, 2022 issue and uh, he points out in wonderland the 12 tone technique is kind of a, a central part in this in this record now uh, i i kind of want to uh, bro- broaden on that a little bit because i would love for you to, to to tell us a little bit about this 12 tone technique and the ways that you employ it on this record and and you like to use it in your music but also i wanted to ask you uh, what role does theory music theory have in in your music and your composition and in your playing um so the 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 most important thing is that spark of magic that you get when a new piece of music comes to you you know some people call it inspiration for me it's always like the way i would describe it is um you know we're sitting in this room and it's quiet but there's music playing outside someplace and what i do is i kind of open that window and now we can both hear the music in this physical world that we share and that's how it's always felt to me when i write music so that's the most important part, getting that inspiration, writing something that you never would have written, and it just comes to you. So now, having said that, now you put your composer's hat on and your theor- you know, your theorist hat on, and you say, well, hmm, this part really needs an intro, or this part really you know, kind of falls apart here. How can I flesh this section out? How can I connect this part? How can I write a segue? That's the composer's part. The most important part is the inspiration, and, and I... And that's how I've always kind of operated. And sometimes you get a piece of music out of the blue that, and you get it from the very first notes to the end. You don't have to think at all. And those are great moments. 
And a lot of the Four Hands music was written that way. And uh, I know the album Color of Skies, we just kind of started a song and without talking, played it all the way through and then it was done. Other time, but, but now, like, now I'm like, okay, well, how can I make this part more interesting? Or how, I really like this little theme. Let me think of, how can I write a variation? And that's when the theory comes in, you know, and, but again, you, you, you want, I, I don't like theory driven music. I've heard too much of it and it's not inspiring. It's not emotional. And that raw emotion has to come from that magic thing, whatever, wherever it is and wherever it comes from. I have this ability a gift, a curse. I don't know what you want to call it, but it, it, it comes to me. And then once I get my hands on it, I'm like, okay, let me see it. Why don't I go to the relative minor? Why don't I go to a, a, a distant key, you know? And that's when the 12 tone comes, stuff comes in because 99% of the music we hear on the radio, it's a major key and they use probably three chords, right? You know, and there's nothing wrong with that, but on my own, I, I need more. I, I need more textures. I need more more avenues to pursue musically. And so knowing that if I start playing chromatically, which means adding notes to that don't exist in the key, that will lead me down a path that I didn't think to go down. And so that's really why I called the, the album Wonderland, because I was going down all these paths that I was so excited about. And it's kind of like crossing a river. You want to cross a river, there's the first stone, you step on that stone and you're like, well, where's the next stone? How do I make my way across? And you don't know how you're going to get across to the next part of the song until you get there. And then you look back and you go, oh, I took these various musical steps, you know? So that's, that was really why the album was called Wonderland, because I was really in a land of, of wonder, of the sonic wonder. Like, wow. It's yeah. just, I just, I don't know what I'm going to play from day to day. And, and I kind of started that with the album, um, Songs for My Blue Guitar. But really, as soon as I finished that album, I was like, oh, I know what I want to do now. And I don't know how I'm going to do it, but I know I'm going to find a way. And that's really how the 12 tone really impacted my playing. Interesting. And of course, you know, in the album, there's Wonderland, but also Dreamland, I guess. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and there's two parts to that. Yes, there are. <laughs> you know, what happened was uh, I, I kind of... The original theme for the first Dreamland I came up with, and I I thought, ah, okay, that's fine, whatever. And I had I had just started recording things because I I, I read an article. A musician said, never throw away little ideas. Record them, put them down on paper. They're all gifts. And so I thought, okay, I better do that. But the problem was, I'll have two hundred of those in the, in the next three months, you know. But I thought, okay, I'll record this little wonder, this little Dreamland theme. And then, uh, all of a, and then a month later I revisited and I thought, Oh, that's not bad. And so I just started improvising with it. And then I came up with about 10 minutes of music that would fit. And, and I said, well, nobody wants to listen to a 10, 10 minute piece of music, you know? So I thought, okay, let, this little section will make sense. And then I had Dreamland 2. And actually, Dreamland 2 is probably my favorite piece on, on the album. Yeah. It's, it's great because we're getting an insight on the way that you kind of, you, 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 your music comes together in the end. But another thing that uh, Michael Roberts says or writes in, in his piece is that he refers to you as a performer who takes pride in his eclecticism. And I just wanted to ask you, do you agree with that statement? I do. I, uh, you know, as much as I'm a, an artist and art first, I still want to be smart about it, you know, and, and I, and I love, I love academia. I love music theory and music programs. And, and so I always feel this part of me that wants to really understand the, the nuts and bolts of music. And, um, and like when I'm playing gigs, nobody, 
cares or knows what the heck I'm doing kind of behind the scenes, but all they hear is the, the sound. And I can tell you, when I play 12-tone stuff, people are like, what is going on? What, what is this? Have I lost, you know, have I lost, has he lost his mind? What's he doing there, you know? But it sounds good. And the key is, you know, not to be different. The key is to write good music. I'm very serious about being a musician. In fact, I've been too serious about it looking back. You know, I never, I always was so serious at every gig and every performance. And like, I, I don't want to be that serious anymore. I want to kind of just have fun when I gig, you know, interact with people. And, and I, and a big part of it for me too is, teaching people or educating other people about music and and how great it can be. Well, let's talk about that, actually, because, uh, yes, you're also a music educator. Now, what in, in your mind, what does that entail? Because a lot of people have different definitions for what a music educator should, should be like or what the role of a music educator is, especially in 2023. What would your definition be and how do you approach it? So, I, you know, first and foremost, music is an art and it's a part of being human, right? Like every human culture has, has had music, has it had art. So let's, let's understand how important music is to everyone. And how many people do you know who say, Oh my God, I love music. It's the, you know, and they have a certain kind of music they listen to. So you always want to be aware of that. But how about if you'd learn these little things here about tension and release and how chords can shape harmony? Harmony is the big thing. It gives people a greater appreciation now than when they're looking, when they're hearing a piece of music, they're going, Oh my God, I just heard a cadence. That's a cadence he just did. You know, oh, the 6251. Oh, I love that. And so the more you hear that, the more you informed you are, the more you can appreciate good music. You know, I know a lot of people right now are talking about how pop music is getting dumbed down, right? They're not even switching keys. It's all one key. And a lot of times it's one or two chords. And I hear that music and I think this is dreadful. What are kids doing today? You know, harmony is so amazing and it's so intricate. You know, it's kind of like the difference between, oh gosh, sitting in a room by yourself versus sitting in a room with other people and having a conversation. You know, it's so much more rich. It makes your life richer. All right. Well, Michael, uh, it's, it's, it's been wonderful chatting with you actually. And, uh, thank you very much for joining us. Oh, thank you. Thank you for having me. I, I appreciate it. enjoyed our conversation with Michael Varvarakis. His new album, Wonderland, is out now. And while you're at it, check out the previous record that he released also, Songs from My Blue Guitar. And if you love jazz and vinyl, be sure to check out our Jazz Is Vinyl Club. Join the club and we will send you four premium limited edition color vinyl albums mailed directly to you. Just go to jazzis.com and click on Join Vinyl Club for more. 
And as music from Wonderland by Michael Varvarakis plays us out, I encourage you to keep an eye out for more Jazz's podcasts, our print magazine, and other great content available to you on our regularly updated website, jazzes.com. And if you like what you see, you can always subscribe for more. Till the next time, this is Matt McCutcheon signing off. See you soon. Mm-hmm.